Welcome to the Giveology Impact Series podcast, in which we share the experiences of social entrepreneurs and change makers around the world. Today, we're going to be talking about Heifer International, which is an organization that's helping solve hunger and poverty on a global scale by focusing on community-based work aligned with a long-term commitment to achieving self-reliance. I'm Delaney, joined by my co-host, Vandana. Today, we are honored to have guest Vicki Clark on our call. Vicki is Vice President of Philanthropy and Development for Hyper International. Previously, she was the Director of Philanthropy and a Regional Director at Hyper. She earned her MA and PhD in Political Science and Public Administration from Northern Illinois University and earned a BA from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln in International Affairs. She received a Fulbright grant as a doctoral student to conduct field research on decentralization and democratization in West Africa. Vicki then taught at Roosevelt University and managed the Master of Public Administration program at NIU, a top-ranked graduate program placing top-tier professionals in key city management and nonprofit management roles. Her passion for social justice and agrarian childhood in Nebraska inspired her to join Hecker. How are you, Becky? Great. Thanks so much for having me. Great. So uh, just to start off, can you share with us the story of Heifer's founding and mission? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so Heifer International, or as some know as Heifer Project International, started in 1944 when um, Dan West, who was a farmer, uh, from the American Midwest and a member of the Church of the Brethren went to the front lines of the Spanish Civil War as an aid worker. And um, his mission was to provide relief. And um, he quickly found that this single cup of milk rationed to the refugees was not enough. Every day people lined up for rations and every day the milk ran out. And he had a thought back to his childhood and barns full of cows back in the States and thought, what if people had a cup? Um, what if they had something more than that? What if they had a cow? Um, really this kind of unlimited supply of nourishment and it, it's a sense of resilience knowing that you can grow your own food and provide for yourselves. And he came back to the States, to the Midwest, and um, that's really how it got started. Wow. And since your creation nearly 70 years ago, what have been Heifer's biggest accomplishments, at least in your opinion? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I think just surviving more than 70 years um, is a bit of an accomplishment these days. Yeah. Um, uh, so there's there's that, I guess. Um, you know, I think we've we've have over three and a half million families we assisted um, last year, and if you go back to 2007, by then, for our entire history up into 2007, we'd helped about 9 million people. So the the pace and scale of our work has really changed dramatically. Um, and, and that's really um, not easy to do, right? Um, I think being able to connect donors to the people who need help around the world is a major accomplishment. And someone who lives in the world of philanthropy and speaks to donors every day, um, I know that that's, that's a hard thing to do. Um, and Heifer does it really well. Um, I think another accomplishment I would say is this ability to have that kind of 70 year lifespan and bring the spirit and the intent of our founding from 1944 into our modern work um, is a major accomplishment. We've changed a lot 
and the world has certainly changed a lot since the 1940s, but we've stayed true to who we are and that founding message about ending hunger and poverty. Um, and then something really tangible that I really celebrate is the way that we've actually done the work. Um, and one example of that is strengthening the dairy sector in East Africa. Heifers got a very large dairy project called the East Africa Dairy Development Project that uh, spans from Kenya, Rwanda, Uganda, and now Tanzania. Um, and so that that kind of footprint and the work that we're doing is, is really immense. You know, one example um, to kind of give a sense of scale is that when I first started at Heifer, uh, we had a portfolio of about 900 projects over 42 countries. And today we're down to roughly 100 projects in about 26 countries. So that footprint has gotten smaller, um, also not an easy process. But the scale of the projects at the time was about 150 families per project. So very isolated, very micro level projects. And today that average is closer to 10,000 farmers per project. So projects are substantially bigger at scale. Um, we're looking at farmers forming co cooperatives or hubs and taking full advantage of these value chains, whether it's milk or eggs or chicken or honey or coffee. And that shift to large scale projects um, in a few cases, we're talking more than 150,000 families per project, um, has really been enormous for us. Yeah, definitely. That's really amazing. And uh, today's podcast series is focused on the shift expanding nonprofits will start to make between small scale projects and large scale enterprises, a shift that uh, Heifer has been making recently. So can you tell us a little bit more about Heifer's new strategy called Accelerate? Sure. So um, I was just referencing that kind of scale and the shift that we've been making um, since roughly 2008. And um, the strategy we have in place um, called Accelerate, you know, first it's it's good to define this, right? So the word accelerate obviously means you've got some kind of momentum or you're going in a certain direction. You're accelerating going faster with a particular process. Um, not a radical change in direction. Um, we're still doing what we've always been doing. It's pressing down on the accelerator, so to speak. So um, in order to achieve our ultimate goal of ending hunger and poverty, Heifer set an intermediate benchmark of moving 4 million families to what we would call a living income. So we're talking about literally moving people into self-reliance and prosperity. And this intermediate goal of 4 million families is a way to move us faster and closer and with more strategy. So we're talking about you know, an income level that allows them to educate their children, feed themselves adequately, um, to have proper housing, uh, water, hygiene, sanitation. We've learned that some of the most reliable, sustainable ways to end hunger and poverty where we work is to develop and strengthen local economies. So that's really where the focus for Accelerate comes from. It's, um, it's, it's our driving aim with Accelerate to add strong demand-driven market components to our expertise in social capital. And I'd love to talk about that um, on the podcast. Our experience with values-based community development has been really critical in this work to 
create small businesses and to turn farmers into entrepreneurs. So these agribusinesses, as you might call them, generate new waves of opportunities for communities representing you know, this full scale of development. And we at Heifer talk about farmers on uh, a spectrum, um, highly vulnerable farmers at the A level, then moving to more resilient, um, stronger, um, more steady uh, farmers at the B and C levels and so on. So moving farmers, we hope from A to B to C to a place of resilience and strength. And we really do that by promoting um, strong entrepreneurism, strong markets, and this social capital piece. Um, so that's kind of in a nutshell kind of how we're defining that. I, I think it helps to think of this as collective impact that occurs when we're moving this community into market access. So um, as I mentioned, we were founded around this idea of small scale farmers, um, especially women. We believe that small scale farmers have the power to feed the world um, and especially the almost 800 million people, right, who don't have enough food to eat every day. So uh, people who know us um, as Heifer International know that we provide the tools of livestock and training and other inputs to make this happen. Through Accelerate, we're connecting these small scale or smallholder farmers to markets. It's a really important step in helping these farmers earn living incomes and build resilient communities. And I think because our legacy of social justice is there beginning with our founder, that really demands that our programmatic work address the root causes of hunger and poverty in communities. Um, and for us, that's, that extends all the way to living incomes and the, the health of the local economy. Wow, Accelerate appears to be an incredibly strong strategy. In your shift though to more large-scale projects, how is Hyper still able to measure its effectiveness um, when projects are so much bigger and more complex? Yeah, that's um, a good question. And it's um, maybe my new favorite question. Um, <laughs> every day in my role, I am talking with donors about you know, where's Heifer going? Where is it heading? Um, what's what's new? What work? What's working and, and what's not? And the ability to monitor and evaluate is really critical. Um, so, you know, I should say that as we look at at the work that we do and this process of accelerating our strategies, um, which I should mention are focused initially in six kind of test countries where we can learn and scale and replicate across our other countries. And those six countries are Cambodia, Nepal, Mexico, Ecuador, Tanzania, and Senegal. So um, part of acceleration is that we understand the value chains and we know the leverage points. But that measurement is something that we've been doing for a long time. And I think donors should have confidence in the breadth of evaluation measures we're using, both internal evaluations with external evaluators, uh, qualitative, quantitative, all the way to randomized control trials that we're engaged in right now. Working toward redefining what success looks like when these communities are engaged in the market is part of this. Um, so when you think about, okay, how, how does this work now? Well, I like to think that the projects in the past were designed somewhat for small changes. 
now we're working towards something that's really sustainable, scale changes that can really move people out of poverty. So traditionally, we focused a lot on output measurement, really common across the nonprofit field, right? Uh, so for us, that would have been number of trainings, resource placements, number of animals provided, number of seeds and, and saplings provided, uh, numbers of families assisted, numbers of women participating. Over the past few years, uh, we've moved to really agency level metrics that go beyond outputs so that we're looking at outcomes and systemic change. And you know, this includes things like changes in behavior, which are pretty hard to measure sometimes, um, adoption of climate smart agriculture practices, or measuring social capital. Um, what does the sharing of decision making look like between men and women at the household or at the community level? This is really important because outcomes tell you whether or not you're influencing change that will sustain livelihoods. Um, so the warning is that I'm a, a former academic, so I can go on and on about this, but what I would probably stress is that when, when the development community and potential donors ask about the effectiveness of our projects, I would say we now work to measure living income and we design our projects in a way that really moves families along that pathway out of poverty. So the evaluation itself has to be aligned to living income. And this is a reference point that's built around a principle of a decent standard of living, not just the poverty level or the poverty line in a given country, but it has to be a reference point that is about sustainability and resilience. And I think we have to enable we, we have to enable ourselves to explore other interventions that move families out of poverty too. So it's not just about reaching that level alone, but understanding what you need to do to get there. And in the heifer context, you know, that might be how much, how much uh, increase of productivity do we need to get to? Um, what volume do you need to sell? At what price? Um, how much land do you need to make coffee productive for you? How do you optimize these income streams? And it's the same thing that our farmers are asking themselves. They may not say it in those words, but they're already doing that a little bit, especially as they get engaged in the local market. So our work with an Accelerate, I, I would say, moves us toward living income rather than enough income for today. And 40 or 50 years ago, I don't think it would have been odd to, to say, what do you need to feed yourself today? What do you need to feed your family for this growing season? But that's not enough. This is, that's not automatically out of poverty, I think is the point. So it's not just about production anymore. And the living income, which is part of our end goal, um, we believe that the Accelerate strategy is a good way to get there. Yeah, definitely. That's really interesting. And it's really important, especially like the scalability and sustainability that you mentioned. What are some of the challenges that and like mistakes that Heifer has made as it's responding to its like transition? And do you have any advice for other nonprofits making like a similar shift? Yeah, um, you know, everybody makes challenge, uh, has challenges and makes mistakes. And um, so one of the things, you know, that we try to look at is, um, what are those things that we can overcome? Where can we make improvements? Where do we need to find partners to help us move forward? Um, I would say culture is one of those challenges that, that we've been working through. We've been working in many countries um, 
with small projects scattered around the countryside. And so moving to larger projects and more concentrated areas, uh, we talk about flooding the zone, a concept borrowed from education. This transition was difficult, and we really, I think, had to reimagine how we work. We have had to design and implement and manage larger projects. Um, so that's a shift for staff um, here at our headquarters and, and for our field staff. And some countries, I think, were more ready for that than others. So it's taken some time for the whole organization to shift to this kind of scale, but I think we're poised to continue that work well. Um, I think we're also building on a social capital foundation that smallholder farmers have developed with us. We facilitate a process where we teach them how they can actively participate in a market system. So, you know, an easy way to think about this is how do they move from selling some farm goods, some farm products like milk or honey or some eggs over the farm gate to their neighbors to selling in the market system, the, the part of the formal economy, um, allowing for, you know, an optimum income and some growth for these smallholder businesses that they're forming. So I think one of the challenges has been ensuring that we're not walking away from this social capital work that we, we've done. We think social capital is the foundation that sets us apart from other nonprofits and NGOs working in other kinds of value chains or commodity programs um, and feel pretty strongly about that. Um, so those are, those are some automatic challenges and, and there have been mistakes as well, right? I mean, one of the things that Heifer does really well um, is we increase production. Um, so if it's milk or um, coffee or cocoa or whatever. Um, and so in a place like Tanzania, where we worked for many years on increasing production of milk, um, as that production increased, we found out that there wasn't enough market demand for all the milk being produced. There were gaps in the value chain, um, getting the milk to market or processing the milk or um, getting the right products to the consumers. Um, so there's several opportunities there, right, where things can fall apart. And in that case, I don't think we saw the full picture. And as an organization, um, we've really had to work through how to increase demand for the milk surplus. And moving forward, we're now building in a broader view of that market system. Um, and, and that's one example, right? So I don't know that Heifer was necessarily in the business of thinking about consumer demand and consumer preferences for some of these products. But now as we integrate into local economies and the formal market, we absolutely have to help farmers and cooperatives think about that. So certainly I think it, it takes longer than you think it will. Um, it seems like a simple idea to just move faster or just do more of this. And it's usually not as simple as that. Um, I would also say that to be, that you need to be clear about where it is you're trying to go. Um, be willing to adapt the path that you're taking to get there. Um, I think we learned along the way too that some of the core principles that our organization was built on and where some of our success has been, those really became rallying points for ensuring that we didn't lose those things along the way, but also that we were adapting to this changing world. I mean, that is the one thing that holds true is that this world is changing fast and we have to be willing to adapt and to adjust some of our, our plans and strategies.
So be flexible. Yeah, that's very sound advice. Um, and we've noticed that a lot of the nonprofits we've interviewed have had problems uh, similar to yours about cultural differences, mm -hmm. um, but a lot of them haven't approached uh, the social capital problem quite the way he he Heifer has. Sorry, my Californian accent is coming in. Um, <laughs> you guys seem incredibly reliable in terms of learning from your mistakes. Uh, so what are the goals that Heifer has in the future? Obviously, they've been working on Accelerate. Um, what are your, your long-term approaches or even short-term goals uh, for the future or anything that our listeners can donate to? Yeah, um, thank you. So as you mentioned, Accelerate will continue to be part of this path toward a living income, and we're going to continue to work on that. Um, I think for us, living income is is very critical to achieving our mission of ending hunger and poverty. Um, those things are really critically linked. Um, so that's going to be both a short-term and a long-term goal for us. Um, part of that, I think, means looking at technology advantages and how do we incorporate other technology levers in the work um, to make things go faster or easier for farmers and projects. Um, part of that is partnerships, um, looking at places where we can integrate with partners and investors to make the most difference. Um, one of the things our CEO likes to talk about is um, it's okay to fail, but fail fast and learn from it and move on. And so that freedom to take those chains off and not worry so much about everything has to work the first time, um, because we know in real life things get sticky and it doesn't always work that way. So being able to kind of take that burden off us and test and innovate and look to replicate what is working um, is important. And we want to do that with our partners as well. Um, I think the other thing too is that we'll we've really been talking about how to focus on our comparative advantage in a way that makes an even larger difference in ending hunger and poverty. So one of those advantages is our ability to grow uh, and build social capital in these communities. Um, it is the glue that holds communities together. And in some cases, we talk about this being kind of the soft stuff that Heifer does. Uh, it can be hard to measure. It's a little squishy. Um, and it's not something that is always part of the uh, like the grant making priorities for our private foundations. But in in terms of impact, it's often the exact right formula for building strong, healthy, resilient communities. And you need that in order to have a vibrant economy. So we know those things go together. Um, and another trademark or advantage that we have is is our passing on the gift. Um, we uh, this is a fundamental part of, of who we are. It's part of our 12 cornerstone values um, that that were developed years ago. And this is the process for which um, every um, recipient becomes a donor. Every farmer and community member who receives then passes on the gift to others in need. And in some cases, we've seen up to nine generations of pass-ons observed. Um, it's a really fundamental part of, of who we are um, and that that network of hope and self-reliance expands um, with every gift that's given. So I would invite people to think about um, partnering with us um, in a number of different ways. Um, a lot of people know us through the catalog. 
which is wonderful. Um, it's fantastically successful and a really great option. Uh, I've seen generations of families use the gift catalog as a way to talk about sharing and giving and family philanthropy. Um, but there's other ways to direct your support um, to things like our East Africa Dairy Project um, and our work across Asia, Africa, and Latin America. And we're engaged in farm projects and local food projects here in the U.S. as well. So um, our website is heifer.org and that's a great way to start exploring what's out there, um, what project opportunities need to be. We've got great fact sheets so people can learn a little bit along the way too about um, who we are, what we do, and what they can do to join us. Yeah, definitely. That's really amazing and also really important. So um, thank you so much for taking the time to participate in our Impact Series podcast. We're really excited to continue following Heifer and the many developments to come. Thanks so much. I had such a great time talking to you tonight.